You're doing it. We here? You're doing it this time. I'm doing what? The welcoming? Welcome back to This Book is Good. I'm Chase. And I'm Josh. And? And we are here with another episode of This Book is Good. Yes. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you're enjoying listening. Yes. And <laughs> five star. Keep Look, going. Should I eat now? Should, this is the point where I eat is Doritos right doing? in the microphone. Take a break. No. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. So happy to have everybody. Welcome back to the show. And Josh, you just did the most epic intro. Thank you. You probably ever have done. Well, yeah. First one. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to vote on the Facebook page. Josh intro. <laughs> Chase intro. Whichever one gets the most votes takes the intro. I'm just kidding. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, um, yeah how's everybody doing? It's been a little bit of a stretch there. Had a little week break mm-hmm. for fun. Funsies. So everyone can catch up. Also, shout out to our most dedicated listener, Mindy, <laughs> who's probably driving right now thinking, this guy. But man, thank you, Mindy, for being the most... Yeah. Dedicated of listeners. For sure. She's all caught up, she said. So Yeah, which as I understand, not a lot of people are. Yeah. It takes I mean, time tough. to get into a podcast. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. And I think too, maybe some people want to like not just have this one in the background, but you know, maybe actually focus on it. Yeah, or or mm-hmm. at least kind of absorb a little bit more than just background noise. True. Yeah. Yeah, like actually sit down with the book and stuff. Well, or you know, some people, you know, if they're driving and they only drive 20 minutes, then they got to finish it some other time. And, you mm. know, I know how it gets. It's like, yeah, come back to it and you're like, oh, where was I? And you know, usually it leaves off or picks up right where you leave off, but sometimes not. You know, we start the show with a little bit of what's been up. What's been up? Do you want to hear yeah. what, You want to hear what's been up? Oh, yeah. I got something juicy. Oh, let's jump in then. Okay. So, you know, I fly drones. Yes. You know, I have the thermal drone. Right. And so does everyone. Everyone. Okay. Everyone knows that I have this thermal drone. Oh, okay. And that's going to come into play here in a second. I keep getting tagged on Facebook mm. because in Perry County, okay, there's a runaway juvenile. Oh, no. Okay. Right. He's missing. And I think when I caught the post, he had been missing only since that morning. Okay. From school. He oh, ran away from school. from school. Okay. And so the Perry County Sheriff's Department was posting that they were looking for a missing child, you right. know, a runaway child. Right. Um, he was last seen at this spot. Okay. Okay. I was out doing things. I can't remember exactly what I was doing, but I was out taking care of some business and my associate was going to go fly for him and find him really? that evening. Okay. I was like, sweet, keep me posted if you like need help. Like just privately or on behalf of the sheriff's department? Um, pri- the sheriff's department is not allowed to. Okay. Yeah, they're not allowed Never mind. to ask for our help. <laughs> I went out on my own accord and gotcha. so did Clayton, right? And it, we were not in any way, shape, or form okay. commissioned by the police department. Let me just put that out there. Yeah. So um, he ended up not flying that night for whatever reason. And, um, and so I continued getting tagged. And so I was like, okay, I woke up that next morning. And I was like, I have no choice. Yeah. I have to go out and try and find this guy. Right. Because the community speaks. And when they speak, I listen. <laughs> so 
So I deploy and I start going out and I find that to, to look for this kid. And, um, I end up, I, I, it's the backwards fest area. Do you know okay. Where that is? Yeah. Yeah. I know the people who, who run the place and I sure. asked their permission to go there and fly and start my search there because it was close to this, the spot where they had seen him. And I fly and I find nothing and I go to the gas station because I was thirsty. Okay. And I get a text that the, that the sheriff was now at the property that I was just at. Okay. Searching. And I was like, this is counterproductive. We should work together and try and like, you right. know, I should tell them, hey, I just searched here. And by the way, I'm available to, to help, help right. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I get there, I meet, I meet up with the sheriff in his cruiser. And, and when I'm walking to his car, he looks at me funny. <laughs> and And he says to me, first he goes, well, you're a familiar face. Oh. <laughs> so people, like, right. he knew who I was. I don't know exactly how. I'm not in trouble with the law in any way, shape, or form, but... Uh, <laughs> I've seen you before. <laughs> but, uh, so, so long story short, we, I, I had time up until the kids got out of school or were getting off the right. bus to help serve the community in that, in that search. And I searched the last spot of woods that I could possibly do before I had to go, so I went home and as I'm going home, I get a message from the sheriff that they had a positive ID sighting okay. at the Wendy's in Buckeye Lake. Oh. Which is yeah, right. really close. <laughs> I was like, no kidding. I'm right by there. Yeah. So um, he was found. Wow. Not by the drone, unfortunately. Well, yeah. Um, but so I was, he was at a Wendy's, not on the woods. <laughs> he was at a Wendy's, yeah. Um, but it was really cool. I thought to like, yeah, put my service to use in that way, um, to help the community find this kid because everyone was getting very antsy about finding. This oh kid. yeah, absolutely. Like, they were like getting really. So it was almost like the pitchforks and torches situation, <laughs> you know? Right. Find the kid. Yeah, but for safety. Of course, for yeah. him and everyone, yeah, because yeah, he's a young kid and he doesn't right. need to be out. And like he was out overnight. Wow. In in wherever he was, right? Um, they they think that he would slept in a barn or something. And he walked this far. Yeah, he walked from wow. Sheridan High School all the way up to seventy, wow. basically. Wow. Which is a so, long way. Yeah, what fifty miles? I think probably. Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe more. roughly. Maybe more. I mean, just for context, you know. Yeah, yeah. Some people out there may not know. Right, right. He's <laughs> yeah, far away. Right. Very far away. Wow. Well, but that's yeah. awesome. That was exciting. Yeah. I did my service. That's cool. I wish I'd found him. Glad though. he was found safely, too. I wanted to get in with the drone. That would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I kept daydreaming or fantasizing yeah. about like, oh, I'm going to find him like in the right. woods with a campfire or something and built. He takes off running and you yeah. track him down. I'm like, guys, I need you guys to know I got him. I got him right here. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, it didn't turn out that way. But the good thing is that he was found and, and hopefully they can figure out why he's running. Sure. Away well, in the future that maybe, the, you know, your technology can help out again in some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what makes me feel good about it. It's like, there's some real service to do there. Right. Not just for fun. Not just for fun and dear. It's useful. Fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's new? Very good. Anything good? Oh, you know, not too much. Just plugging away, getting through, uh, we, we had some nice weather and then it kind of got <sighs> crazy again, but, yeah. um, 
Yeah, my uh, rugby season is getting ready to start here in March, so gearing up for that. It's always a fun time. I can't so, wait. Yeah. I'll have to come watch a game. Would you? <laughs> yeah, why not? That would be great. I want to see what happens to Josh when he's the coach, when he's the head honcho <laughs> in charge. Like, do you have a clipboard? It's probably not pretty. Do you have a clipboard and do you yell? and like? I don't have a clipboard. Okay. And I yell, but not in the sense like at kids, but yell out instructions and, oh, okay. you know. You get like um, crazy though, right? No. Like you get, like you I get really energetic? Don't. No. I a little bit. I mean, but I do love competition, so it gets you hyped up a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. I think it was last year, two years ago. One of the moms at the games always take tons of pictures, right? Oh, yeah. And she will post them on like the team app and all of that. And there was one picture that <laughs> I'm standing there with both hands just up in the air, like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite because that's that happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't do anything but throw my hands up. So, well, you know, I'll bring my camera. <laughs> and I'll focus on getting some shots of you. Oh, I don't need that. And the kids. I'll get some shots of the kids. <laughs> um, Yeah. it's Well, it's nice out today. It's sunny, but it's not warm. It's not warm. And it kind of gets me excited for spring. I know that spring's right around the corner. Um, Isn't the next... The next holiday is St. Patrick's Day, right? Well, President's Day. Oh, I didn't for, consider. But, but, I mean, not in real time. It'll be... Will pass President's Day for. Oh yeah. Once this is out, but yeah. Yeah, but I'm just the it. It's time. I feel like it's is time. It? This is the part of the winter where I'm like, okay, let's we, we can be done. <laughs> You're now. over it. We can be done with this now. <laughs> <laughs> I need some sunshine in my life and and to be outside. Like I live outside. I live for the outdoors. I yeah, love it more can, than anything. I mean, you can go outside when it's cold, just the same. No, no, you can't. <laughs> if you go outside just the same in the win- in the summertime, you will freeze to death. Well, I mean, not extreme temperatures, but day like today, you can be outside and not be harmed in any way. Yeah, I, I mean, I see what you're saying, but I don't. <laughs> you don't agree. <laughs> I don't subscribe to that. I'd rather be outside working with my hands, being comfortable, soaking up the sun rays, sweating. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Well, I always think about like, you know, jobs that are out, the construction workers, you know, all elements just out there. That's, that's tough. They're the real heroes. Yeah. I mean, getting things done. Yeah. Can we give them a round of applause for a second? <laughs> Cue the sound effect. I don't have one, but. I'm sure there's plenty of other industry jobs like that too. That we, no matter what the temperature or the weather's like. They're out there. Yeah. So they need some of the word t- today, I think. Yeah. You so, let me ask you, since we're moving into numbers, mm-hmm. is it actually about numbers? Uh there are a couple of sections, yes. Oh. Very much. But why would they name that's something I kind of always wondered is what why do they name certain sections in the Bible the things that they named them? <laughs> so some are named after the people who, who wrote them. Oh. You know, like the book of John. Or the of book course. of Matthew. Right, those, yeah. yeah. And even some of the Old Testament prophets. What's about like what's Deuteronomy Deuteronomy mean? Oh, that's a good one. We'll get there. Oh. But that's the next book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and like Leviticus mm-hmm. was about the, the Levites becoming the priests and all the sacrifices. So that's 
its namesake and or Ephesians or Ephesians becomes uh, some of those are, are are letters to churches in those cities. So uh, the like Ephesians is the book or the the city of Ephesus. Oh. So if you lived in Ephesus, you were an Ephesian. Oh. yeah. Okay. So some of those become like that. Okay. Well, I guess from someone who doesn't really understand, I guess that that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and every book is entitled for different reasons, you know. Uh, numbers very much does have to do with what we're going to talk about, so. And we're talking about numbers? We're going to talk about numbers. So math, uh, just so you know, is my least <laughs> favorite subject. Yeah. Maybe that's true for a lot of people. I I took the math is, proficiency yeah. multiple times in high school mm. to pass it, not because I'm, you know illiterate in, in that I'm just really bad at math, I think. Right. Yeah. Math seems to be one that people do struggle with some. Yeah. Do we have to do math in numbers or? Uh, well, it's counting. Oh, addition. So not, I can do that. I mean, it's not algebra. Okay. That's the problem. See, that's the problem like that. But. As long as it's not algebra <laughs> or long division, I think we'll be good. No. <laughs> so, yeah, they're they're um they're getting ready to count themselves, so like a census. Oh, yeah. And so we're coming out of Leviticus, where all of the things surrounding the tabernacle, mm-hmm. sacrificing for sin, Day of Atonement, the Levitical priesthood, all of those things were kind of established, right? And they were getting ready in, in how to build the tabernacle, how to make all of these things. So it's a very important book for kind of the beginning basis of structure for the Israelite nation as they're still in the wilderness. Okay. Right. So I if you think about, that. yeah, if you think about timeline, we're only about a year out when we start the books of, book of Numbers from when they left Egypt. <laughs> oh, so all of that takes place in about a year's time. Oh, wow. I thought okay. it was going to be the 400-year thing. Well, no. No, they, they ultimately do spend about 40 years in the wilderness. Oh, I meant 40, yeah. not 400. Yeah. yeah. Um, and much of that is covered in the book of Numbers. Okay. So we get through some of the other journeys that they take in the book of Numbers. Um, however, the beginning part is going to also build onto that structure of how um, the Israelite nation is to be kind of arranged and how they're actually going to also move when they start traveling. So that's kind of what the opening few chapters of the book of Numbers is is all about, counting and making sure who's who and getting all of that organized and and kind of um, recorded. Mm. So... That's crazy. I wonder, did that, was that like a, a point, uh, like a metric of concern, I think at some point, like they had to have been like, they had to have a, like a meeting and was like, yo, we need to figure out like, how many people do we got? How yeah. many, how many animal, like, this is kind of like, I feel like when they started figuring out, okay, we need to have X amount of wildlife to feed X amount of people or, sure. you know, so on and so forth. Right. How was that not a consideration before, or maybe it was just like they had a moment of clarity and was like, Hey, we need to, we should, we could probably be smarter about this if we had a head count. 
Yeah. Well, and then in also in the book of Numbers, we see this phrase a lot. The Lord spoke to Moses. <laughs> okay. We've already seen that throughout Exodus and yeah. in Leviticus, but um the book of Numbers kind of starts with the Lord spoke to Moses, said, Moses, here's what we're going to do. We're going to arrange the tribes. Okay. Do you remember the 12 tribes of Israel? I don't. Okay. So Jacob's sons oh, the were, son. okay, were the yeah, 12 men. Yeah. 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 So okay, their okay. sons' names become the 12 tribes. Right. Um, and so God tells Moses to um, get all of the tribes together and there's kind of like one um, elected kind of appointed person for each tribe. It's not the sons? It's a son, but it's way down the line. Oh. Does that make, make sense? So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we're generations past. The main son. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's written there, who's who. Um, and they're given this task to go back and then count all of the males in their tribe who are over the age of 20 and basically military ready. So, um, like a draft. It really is. It's, it's, (laughs) it's gathering the troops, so Uh, to speak. They're preparing for a fight or something. Yeah. I think, again, this is God's wisdom going way before the Israelites at this time, you know, they're just trying to survive day to day. Right. But God is telling them, Hey, we need to get ready. Oh, and be a little bit more organized as far as how we're moving, because that's going to come in handy. <laughs> oh, down this the road. Is foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they go back and count within the, when within their tribe, all the, all the males, 20 and older mm-hmm. and report back to uh, Moses about the numbers that they have. And so um, right there in chapter one, book of numbers, you see a list of kind of the results of this census. Mm. And um, when you add all up, it says the total numbers was about 603,550. 603,000. Yeah. 550. Yeah. That's so lot, that's a lot of people. A lot of that and that's just the males 20 and older. What? Yeah. Dude, that's So you're well over. I honestly pictured throughout this whole time a small <laughs> like I know. I pictured like a small group of people. Yeah, no. And that's why I think the provision of God with the manna and all of that is so important because they're not going to survive on their own, you know, with their own resources. No, like what's, yeah. what is the large city, like, like the city of Heath? Like how many people live in the city of Heath? Oh, I don't know. I don't know about Heath. Siri knows. I think, I think Lincoln County is about 180,000 How many people total? live in the city of Heath, Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> Ten thousand seven hundred eighty-three. Yeah, that's not very big. Ten thousand. That's hold on. <laughs> okay, but Heath is kind of kind of big. I feel like 
There's right. a lot going on, but people population wise, it's not very big. Yeah, but still, ten thousand people. Yeah. So I think our county has about one hundred eighty thousand. Okay, that's still great. not that's, very many. That that doesn't that's six times. This, <laughs> this group is six times more the yeah. size of that. And you think about you know, they were in slavery in Egypt for four hundred years. That many people, or they had grown. They had grown. You said so, this is a year past when they left Egypt, right? Right, but but this is not just. People went to Egypt, they're enslaved and left Egypt yeah. in, in a matter of five years. No, they were they were there. That's all they, these people, this is all they know, Yeah. right? They don't know anything hardly beyond other than what has been passed down because generations upon generations were in Egypt. Mm. So again, you can imagine what it takes or how many people there were within that amount of time. You know, for instance, like like we talked about, United States is only about 250 years old. Look how populated it became in 250 years. Yeah. Right? So. What, like 8 million or so something? So they have 400 years of being in Egypt and, and then decide to leave. So, yeah, it's a lot of people. That's a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah. So. Of course, no wonder they needed to put together like a, a structure. Yeah. That many people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so it became, yeah, I think more apparent as this is going on, the more organized it could be, <laughs> the better, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you don't have a structure in place, things fall apart very quickly. Yeah. And so it's divided into 12 tribes. And so... Um, Becomes a little more manageable. Um, and then from there, um, God actually kind of divides them up um, kind of groups of three. So these three tribes, right? So if you if you think about like a camp, let's say they're camping. Now, again, mm. this is a million plus people. So it's not just a little campsite, but... but He's gonna he's going to give them structure for even that. So, the tabernacle is to be set up in the middle, okay, and all the things that come with that, mm. okay, is in the center. And then these these groups of three tribes, you know, each probably I mean, ranging anywhere from twenty something thousand men over the age of twenty to like seventy some thousand men over the age of twenty, okay. So they all vary a little bit, but still a lot of people. And then you group them in three. Mm. So hundreds of thousands. So they would, he would say, okay, these three tribes, you're going to live on the north side. These three tribes, you're going to live on the south side. You say he, God says. God is telling okay. them this, yeah. And then these three on the east, these three on the west. And so a diagram that I saw calling uh, kind of of it looks like basically, you know, a cross as people are north, south, east, and west. I was going to say like the center. Like Burning Man. Yeah, it is. It Have is you ever a, seen that? Yeah. And, it, and, and um, also like uh, Hunger Games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So they like, they all have banners and oh, man. they kind of stake their, like, this is our area. And then all the people that are from that tribe live in that area. Yeah. 
like West Side Story. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then, and then beyond that, God says, now when, so he's preparing them to get ready to move. This is what all this is about. Have you ever moved? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst thing to do. <laughs> Packing up in preparation for all that. So this is kind of the, the first part of numbers. That's kind of what this is about. God is preparing them for a, an organized move or at this point a march. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Through. So, um, when they get ready to move, he says, okay, these tribes, you're going to be first. This three groups of tribes, you're going to be second. The tabernacle, everything that moves with that and the Levites. Oh, I got forgot to mention the Levites aren't even counted in this number. The Levite tribe. They're the, they're the priests, right? Yeah. So they're kind of set apart from that. They're counted, but not within this number. They're not troops. Do they get their own special like spot? Yeah, a little bit. So they're in the middle with all everything with, you know, carrying the ark, carrying the altars, carrying all of that kind of stuff is in the middle. And then the two groups of tribes that kind of follow up mm. behind all that. So, yeah. So there's like an organization to even how they're going to, once we start moving, you know, each tribe knew where they fell. Mm-hmm. So... So, so the whole point of this this chapter is that they're gearing up to move mm-hmm. from this position. Yes, to Israel, to the promised land, which includes becomes modern day what we know of Israel, the country. Okay, a lot of that. Yeah. Was it just time? You think to move? Well, obviously, we we know they end up spending forty years. At this point, they don't know that. <laughs> they're going to be out there that long, right? So they know they've been at camp for a while right? near Mount Sinai right? and all of that and the Ten Commandments and, you know, all of that they agreed to and the covenant. And so there's like, I've heard it described as like basically that that part was the wedding. Okay. Okay. Of God and his people being joined in this covenant together. Okay. Kind of like a husband and wife, right? Got it. Go on. But then comes the marriage. Oh. After that wedding day. Does that make sense? So like I was th- I thought you were gonna go with honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is no honeymoon in this. But oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh you know, cause because the wedding is the day where they, they commit to the vows. Okay. Right? In Israel, the people, they agreed, we will follow what you've commanded. And God's like, I will be your God. And so as they kind of leave Sinai, the marriage begins. The real life kind of okay. <laughs> begins. And then I get that. And then sadly is is the one side of the the you know wedding vows are, are broken by the people of Israel over and over and over again while God remains faithful mm. to, you know, his part of the covenant for sure. So that's a bad situation to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Cause usually the marriage is over at that point, you know, in, in the, yeah. When you're unfaithful, the analogy maybe breaks down, but, <laughs> but that's also shows how faithful God is. 
Yeah. Is that it, it's based on, you know, his holiness and faithfulness, not on the Israelites' ability to keep up their end of the bargain. So, <sighs> and thankfully so, right? Because we're all in that same, we're all in that same boat. Yeah. You know, we continually fall short and, and fail when it comes to our end of, of the covenant. But, Every single day. But God remains faithful and, um, you know, his side of the covenant is not based on how good we do or how well we can keep our end. It's solely based on his character and his love. So, and, and we're grateful for that, for sure. Oh, yeah. So... So as they kind of set out, <laughs> it's kind of like now, now the real life begins and your decisions are going to have impact, right? So, But we're speaking of the journey, right? Yeah, the journey. The journey is, is, is yeah, so it's like the wedding day was the, all the stuff at Sinai and the tabernacle mm-hmm. and all of that. And then now we're kind of heading through the journey of, of getting to the promised land. Mm. Yep. Is there, I wonder, I'm trying to paint this landscape in my head like when you're, it's like moving day, right? Everyone's packed up. They're ready to leave. All right, guys, we're going to get out. We're going to hit the road now. And and someone, it's God is calling the shots. Yeah. Okay, God's yeah. like, all right, group mm-hmm. number one, you guys need to start taking off. Yep. That's how they're going to be organized. Yep. So... And again, you know, many of the chapters of the book of Numbers begin with the Lord spoke to Moses. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, or commanded Moses and Aaron or, you know, however it figures out. But so, and he, and he designates some of the Levi tribe, the, the um, priestly tribe. They have to pack up the tabernacle and all of the, like we talked about, relig- religious relics. All the and, artifacts. And... Um, all the kind of sacred, holy things that were built specifically for that purpose. Mm-hmm. So they have to do that in a very careful and, and um, kind of staged way. Um, so that all has to be done by the Levi tribe. So they don't, just because they're not counted as troops, <laughs> they don't right. get off easy. I mean, they have to. Well, if I recall correctly, the Ark of the Covenant cannot be touched by man. Correct. Yeah. And, and well, some of those other sacred things too. Oh. Yeah. So there's a there's a proper way to go about having to move it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Can't just toss it in the trunk, you know. No. And and it and I think it kind of um you know, because you remember it's it's laced with gold, wrapped in gold, all so then they, they actually go through a process to kind of disguise it a bit <laughs> as they move it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that, you know. Well, if anyone tried to steal it, I'd be like, hey, man, sue yourself. Go, Go, ahead. <laughs> Go on ahead and take it. <laughs> true. That's true. But um, so there's a process to packing all of that up, and the Levite tribe is, is responsible for that. Okay. So, And so God kind of gives them those instructions as well to do it in a certain way. And then, again, part of the, the preparation for, like, if you're going to move, right, there's a process in which you kind of purge stuff, right? Sure. Stuff you don't need. Stuff you don't need. Stuff that's going to be a detriment. Stuff that, um, 
is unusable at this point or that you're not going to need for the journey or is old, is broken, is, you know, I've been just stuffed in the closet for the last, you know, 10 years. Well, and you're like, you kind of refined it and you're like, oh, this is, we don't need this. <laughs> this is very true. I can tell you too, I've be, I've been a part of many a moving days Yeah, in which when you show up as so, like, so as, as I'm being asked to help someone. Oh, okay. Right, right. right. You want to, sh- the ideal situation is to show up. Everything's boxed. Yeah. All Labeled. you got to do is scoop a hand cart yep. underneath it and take it out to the truck. Right. <laughs> but that's very often not the case. Oh. Whereas like I've been in situations where it's nothing is ready to be moved. Oh, and, that is. And they want your help to actually place every item they own into <laughs> a box carefully as they would right you know and then stack it and put it in or not a box at all they would just randomly put but i'm i'm a fan of like if you were to come help me move you would be doing exactly that you would show up to operate a hand cart that would be you'd be be ready go everything would be boxed and staged yeah and only the big items would remain that need to go in either last or first right right and on the size of the truck um, but yeah, they're like, there's a process to moving that would make it go easier. Right. So part of that for the, the Israelites is as a purification of the people and oh. livestock and all of the things. So unfortunately, some, sometimes, and we talked a little bit about this last time is if, you know, if someone had some kind of um, disease or something that is not curable, they sadly were purified, left, left. Purified. So, yeah. Purified is a nice way of saying <laughs> eviscerated um, or just left behind. Left behind. Okay. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it seems still sad, very sad, yeah. but also I think God knew that if they were brought along, that something bigger could, yeah. could destroy them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like the rotten fruit would make the other fruit rotten. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's Man, if a, that happened today. <laughs> and also not just with people that have some physical condition, um, but those who... Um, basically done wrong in, in some sense. So um, as to not, again, you know, this was a purification of, of the camp. So yeah. now had you made your sacrifices and done that, you know, you're good. But there were some of those that continued to live disobediently that um, were no longer considered part of part of the Israelites. So, so there was a, it was a full kind of purification as they're packing up, as they're getting ready to move, so that these things don't become a bigger problem mm. down the road. It had to be dealt with, however harshly it might seem, um, because, again, the future brings better and brighter things, and, and you can't allow these things to to continue to fester within um, the nation. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean. And again, we see that as, you know, maybe a little bit harsh towards those who have no control over it. Um, but it also was about protecting the the future of, of the Israelites. So yeah. um, certainly that wouldn't be the case now. I mean, we, we try to take care of people when we have yeah. medicinal ways to, to help with that. And, and eventually um, they figure out ways to within within the Israelites too, to, to find some healing. But um, for this point in time, there was kind of a, a clear line drawn between who's going and who's not. So poor guy. I can yeah. just see him back there watching the 600,000 <laughs> right? people, people walk away and being one of the only ones left behind. That's what I'm yeah. saying. They'd be canceled today. You yeah. can't do that. Yeah. And you know, uh, I'm sure God can, find provision for them too. It wasn't, you know, but they just couldn't go along on mm-hmm. the journey. Mm-hmm. So, um, another cool thing here, I think to mention is God, again, the Lord said to Moses, <laughs> <laughs> give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Um, but basically he said, if any of them want to, they can take this special vow Okay. And it's called a, a, a Nazarite vow. Have you heard of that? Never heard of that. Never heard of that. There's some people that um, throughout scripture had taken this vow that pop up later. So I thought maybe you'd, you'd heard of it. But, oh, yeah. It's, indulge me. Um, so it's a, it's a special kind of vow um, to basically say that you are not going to... Um, Use vinegar, which is made from wine, or any kind of alcoholic drink. Okay? So you must only drink fresh grape juice. Um, They're not even allowed to eat the grapes or the raisins. Okay? So, um, or no, excuse me, they're not allowed to drink anything that's made from the grapes. So no grape juice, no wine, no vinegar. You can't even eat them, okay? As long as they were a Nazarite, okay? Um, they also must never cut their hair throughout the time of their vow. And I don't know if that's just so you know, maybe, <laughs> who's a Nazarite, who's not. Oh, I don't really? know. Um, but so they grew out their hair grow out their beards. This was a, you never were to cut your hair. What is a Nazarite? So <laughs> another part is they are not to touch any dead body. Okay. Um, even if it's like a close family member or anything like that, they must not defile themselves in that way. Okay. Tracking. Uh- I'm listening. <laughs> uh, there's some other things that they they said they can cannot do, and and it gets kind of you know getting the weeds of of kind of what they are. Um, but what it was meant to be was a sacrifice on behalf of these people that chose to do this, and they would start it out 
as they would first shave their heads and then grow it out from that point. And it was a big ceremony at the tabernacle and, and all of that. So they were kind of a set apart people. They weren't priests. They weren't of the priestly family, but by doing this, they're dedicating themselves to the service of the Lord. Huh. And I think it was maybe a way to, you know. So not a priest, but like a, like a, like a helper, like a priest's helper. Yeah. Or, or some of these people. So, so priests, a lot of times their main duties surrounded the tabernacle itself. Right. So if you think of like a minister at a church, right. Yeah. Their, their duties always kind of revolve around that entity. Well, these people were set apart, but they lived out in the community. And so they were other ways of, of serving God and, in, in, in those four. So similar to maybe like missionaries or something oh, okay. that they're, you know, they're not taking care of the tabernacle duties, but they are set apart as a service to God and in, in other ways and other forms okay. out and about. So, um, Yeah, I'm just, it's just an interesting. <laughs> I, I guess I can see this, the structure, there. Yeah, because in in the in the modern day church, you know, you've got the main pastor or multiple pastors in the church who give yeah. your Sunday service, right? Or there's deacons, or there's elders, or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and they and they helped out with some of those things, but you know, and that's the thing is that the priests only were born of the tribe of Levi. So you can imagine if you were in another tribe, but felt like you were called to, you know, do something for the Lord's service. Right. Then you could be a Nazarite. Then you could take this Nazarite vow and, and kind of um, be able to do that. Men and women. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. And, and that's why I think it's good to mention because there are people, like I said, that pop up throughout Scripture that have taken this vow. So, Like who? You want me to go there? You want to go? Okay. <laughs> Samson, for one. Samson? Yeah. He was a Nazarite. He took a Nazarite vow, which, you know, his hair has a lot to do with his story. We won't get into all of that, but... I don't rec- I don't recall Samson. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get there. Okay. Um, and even some think that John the Baptist had taken the Nazarite vow because he kind of, you know, long hair, beard, lived in the wilderness, kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. I I don't think uh, I don't think I've ever heard that. Yeah. Nazarite. I've heard of Nazarene. Right. Not. Not it's not affiliated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because like Jesus of Nazarene. Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth. Yeah, but then <laughs> people that lived there were Nazarenes. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. 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 Huh. So this was Nazarite. So. Like a Levite, but Nazarite. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they kind of had this, you know, blessing or set apartness. So. Um, and again, it was all to advance the Lord's work through the, through the community. But even still at this time, like only Moses 
would talk to God? Uh, sometimes Aaron. You know, it'd be kind of like Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. But uh, yeah, usually Lord spoke to Moses. So Moses carries obviously a very, uh, I don't know how to put it, a very high uh, priority, a very, because um, for instance, if you would say Aaron in his tribe, the Levites were priests, Moses was all, he was kind of like prophet, priest, and king. I mean, he wasn't a king in the sense of we think of, but he was the leader of the Israelite nation for sure. Mm. And had this direct relationship with God that was unlike any we'd kind of seen. And his messages from God to the people were very prophetic Right, but also mm. very practical in in the instruction of of how to do things and what we're going to be happening next. So he kind of encapsulated all of these things. Yeah, he kind of had a special a special um, position for sure. Hmm. I mean, I know that um, anytime I've ever talked about Bible or anything with anybody. It's kind of like Mos- Moses is, is like the, he's the one that everyone remembers. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and then I feel like we've kind of lost Abram. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Abraham. I mean, he got things rolling. <laughs> he was, you know, the first covenant or one of the first covenants with God that uh, he was going to bless Abraham and, and basically he's going to have many descendants mm-hmm. and these are the descendants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's a special closeness that happens with Moses between he and God and he becomes this mediator between God and the people. And even oftentimes, you know, God's like, I'm going to destroy the Israelites <laughs> because of their disobedience. Moses pleads and kind of intercedes on yeah. behalf of the people and, and helps God see, you know, not that he, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but would go to God and be like, please don't do that. You know, there has to be another way that we can go about doing this. And, and, you know, at one point he's like, you know, then you would just look like you brought the Israelites out here to just destroy them in the desert. What yeah. good would that be? Yeah. You're not that type of God. And so, um, you know, for someone to be able to do that, you have to have this just remarkable comfort in relationship in, in the presence of God. So, yeah, he's incredibly important. It, yeah. It, you can tell. Yeah. And again, if you remember back to the, hit, the beginning of his uh, adult life, didn't start so well. He was on the run because he had killed a guy mm-hmm. and God comes to him in the desert the burning bush and calls him to this task. And he did not want to do it. Right. Making all the excuses up, you know? Um, but once he got past that and got committed and had these moments with God, you know, he was, he was all in. So. Well, it's pretty, pretty clear. He was the right guy for the job. Yeah. He was the only guy. <laughs> <laughs> The only one. Yep. 
um, and throughout all of this is, is, you know, why does God cho- choose to go about things like this? Why does, you know, why is he choosing people to kind of carry out his purpose and will um, throughout the earth? And that, that is a, a very tough question. Um, we may never know why, um, but we know that he does continually ask people to go on his behalf and, you know, all the way down to just uh, uh, Moses. Well, I mean, there are these big stories throughout scripture, right? but even you and I, I mean, he calls all of us to go on his behalf into the world. Oh yeah. 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 And so he's choosing to work through people. And again, I don't, I mean, that's his plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hear it in church all the time, you know, create disciples. Mm-hmm. So he's doing it through, you know, Abraham all the way down, Isaac and Jacob and through Joseph. I mean, that's a incredible story. Now Moses and Aaron and now these Nazarites that are, are taking vows um, to kind of step out and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit more or I'm going to sacrifice more of my life to be able to do the Lord's work. And that's why I kind of equal them to, you know, missionaries, not that missionaries do that kind of thing with their hair and, (laughs) and all of that, but they are sacrificing a lot to do the Lord's work and however, you know, they feel called um, by God to do so. So it's a, you know, a, a different kind of lifestyle if you will, that, that they are taking. Yeah. It sounds, um, it's a very selfless. Right. Perspective on, on living. Right. Like you're guided only by the direction you, you believe God has taken you and have no like personal, like missionaries have no like personal direction in their life or what? Well, I think, I think many of them, um, it would be a, a longer process. It wouldn't be they wake up one day and be like, well, I'm going to be missionary by, by everybody. I think there's things throughout certain parts of their life that are stirring them towards that decision. And, and eventually a lot of them do have to come to that point where like, um, I'm going to set out and, and do this and going to just put everything in God's hands financially, you know, right. um, all the resources needed, all of the things that, because I feel he's calling me to, to this. So, yeah. yeah. Therefore I'm sacrificing kind of what most people's normal life may look like, you know? Right. And, and stepping out and into a further direction of, of what God has. So yeah. Amazing people. I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. It takes a really special person. But I feel like don't don't like uh, But God I think God can call anyone at any time and be like, Hey, you're up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Wasn't there some I feel like in some cases there are people who uh it's almost like a rite of passage before you can become an adult, like your transition from childhood to adulthood. Yeah. Is that you have to go serve a mission. Yeah, I think there's some other religions that do that. 
um, like Mormons do that. I think they, they have to serve two years on mission. Um, but it's a whole different thing. You know, if you're forced to do it, it's one thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, whether, whether or not that becomes of something, it sure, certainly can. But, but I think if it's, if it's between you and God and you're saying, I'm, I'm choosing to do this, you know, not by force, only by what I feel God is calling me to do. So, hmm. yeah. I mean, service to others can't be bad in any way. No. And I, I mean, I remember I had a student that he wanted to go on the mission field. And I remember he, he was saying his, his reasoning was because he, he felt like that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And I was just like, uh, um, <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, but it's a calling. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and while it may be an awesome experience, if you're just doing it because you think it's cool is, is probably not your heart's probably not, you know what I mean? Right. Because well, in certain, cause he didn't understand the sacrifice yeah. that, that was going to come because of, because of that. So yeah. Like yeah. being on mission, isn't going to stay in the Ritz Carlton and be like <laughs> right. hand served grapes and stuff on behalf right. of God's work. Right. You're going to like sleep in a gutter in most well. cases, like not, not like, <laughs> but I'm saying like, you're going to go to a potentially impoverished nation and Could, serve people mm-hmm. who don't even have water to drink. Yeah. Right. And you yourself will be subjected to those, those harsh environments. Yeah. And even if you don't go there, if you go to an un, you know, an unchristian area of the world or, or a place that just needs evangelism, you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're relying on God a hundred percent for support for all of those things to, for him to work that out because of this calling. And so, you know, it, it may not that you go live in the slums, but yeah, it's that you've dedicated 100% over to him. Now, ideally that's what we all do. Right. But at the same time, I think even if we're not doing that, all of the places that God has put us in, our occupation, our workplace, our schools, our, you know, circle of friends mm. that we are to be doing it within that context. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'd have a far better outreach, I think, in that case. If people if, viewed if their life person, like that. Yeah. yeah, if each person served a mission-style mentality within yeah. their own circle of friends and family, then, yeah, it would be like, I mean, we could literally change the world. Yeah. Actually, and I, there are people that are doing it. Yep. I mean, that's worthwhile. I like that. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a good note to leave on. Maybe. You want to go out there and impact the people. If you want to really change the world, start with people in front of you. Exactly. Yep. And and pray that God continues to give those opportunities. Yeah, and it's like a domino effect. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you bring someone to the table in your life, maybe they'll do yeah. the same, like pass it forward. Speaking of numbers. Speaking of numbers. Let's say you, you know, you bring somebody to Christ. Uh-huh. That person brings three people to Christ. Mm-hmm. Those people bring three people. That's multiplication, man. Numbers. Oh, man. <laughs> oh there it is. <laughs> you know how like in a movie in a like in a movie the title will be named something that eventually comes to a head in the movie? There you go. That's what just happened. Yep. 
But as we follow along in the book, getting things organized and counted is, is important for their, for their future as well as they move into, well, at some point going into the promised land. <laughs> is there confidence? They went a while to go. And there, but there's some cool stories in numbers as well. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So we've got more to look forward to. Oh, yeah. I'm absolutely. I'm excited. Okay. Well, listen, um, that's a great segue into next week next week's episode. I hope that you guys will join us. And, um, you know, if you're listening on Spotify, please do us a favor and hit that five-star review because that will help us get ranked. And ranking's important because, you know what, we want to spread the word and we can do that easier when we have more ears listening to it, right? Uh, and do your due diligence if it's not on the electronics. <laughs> Talk to your friends about God. Right. Maybe spread the word in the people in your life. And uh, together we can multiply. Is there you go. Again? There you go. <laughs> All right, friends. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.